I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 65 and 67 on pages 416 and 418 respectively. Thou, O God, art praised in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed in Jerusalem. Thou that hearest the prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. My misdeeds prevail against me, O be thou merciful unto our sins. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest, and receiveth unto thee. He shall dwell in thy court, and shall be satisfied with the pleasures of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Thou shalt show us wonderful things in thy righteousness, O God of our salvation, thou that art the hope of all the ends of the earth, and of them that remain in the broad sea. Who in his strength setteth fast the mountains, and is girded about with power? Who stilleth the raging of the sea, and the noise of his waves, and the madness of the peoples? They also that dwell in the uttermost parts of the earth shall be afraid at thy tokens. Thou that makest the outgoings of the morning and evening to praise thee. Thou visitest the earth and blessest it. Thou makest it very plenteous. The river of the Lord is full of water. Thou preparest their corn, so for thou providest for the earth. Thou waterest her furrows. Thou sendest rain into the little valleys thereof. Thou makest it soft with the drops of rain, and blessest the increase of it. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy clouds drop fatness. They shall drop upon the dwellings of the wilderness, and the little hills shall rejoice on every side. The fold shall be full of sheep, the valleys also shall stand so thick with corn that they shall laugh and sing. God be merciful unto us, and bless us. 
and show us the light of his countenance and be merciful unto us. That thy way may be known upon the earth, thy saving health among the nations. Let the peoples praise thee, O God. Yea, let all the peoples praise thee. O let the nations rejoice and be glad, for thou shalt judge the folk righteously and govern the nature nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise thee, O God. Yea, let all the peoples praise thee. Then shall the earth bring forth her increase, and God, even our own God, shall give us his blessing. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the world shall fear him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the tenth verse of the fifth chapter of the book of Jeremiah. Go up on her walls and destroy, but do not make a complete end. Take away her branches, for they are not the Lord's. For the house of Israel and the house of Judah have dealt very treacherously with me, says the Lord. They have lied about the Lord and said, It is not he, neither will evil come upon us, nor shall we see sword or famine. And the prophets become wind, for the word is not in them. Thus shall it be done to them. Therefore thus says the Lord God of hosts, because you speak this word, behold, I will make my words in your mouth fire, and this people wood, and it shall devour them. Behold, I will bring a nation against you from afar, O house of Israel, says the Lord. It is a mighty nation, it is an ancient nation, a nation whose language you do not know, nor can you understand what they say. Their quiver is like an open tomb, they are all mighty men. And they shall eat up your harvest and your bread, which your sons and daughters should eat. They shall eat up your flocks and your herds. They shall eat up your vines and your fig trees. They shall destroy your fortified cities in which you trust with the sword. Nevertheless, in those days, says the Lord, I will not make a complete end of you. And it will be when you say, Why does the Lord our God do all these things to us? Then you shall answer them. Just as you have forsaken me and served foreign gods in your land, so you shall serve aliens in a land that is not yours. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the eleventh chapter of the Gospel according to St. John. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. 
Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee and do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, who seest that we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves, Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, 
may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission, and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. Thoughts about our lessons tonight. We do well to begin in Psalm 65, which um, to me has this really beautiful kind of uh, poetic parallel parallelism that is um, that we're meant to draw our attention to. It begins with, um, you know, Jerusalem and a prayer being offered in Jerusalem, particularly a prayer of penitence, a prayer for forgiveness um, in the midst of what are the realization of one's sin and the repentance from that sin. Um, remember that repent means to turn, to turn from the thing and the, in the poetic kind of spatial imagery of the Psalms, very often you'll see repentance cast as turning toward Jerusalem, turning toward the temple where the seat of God is, the house of God is on the earth. And so in doing that, um, there's this um, the, to, to be redeemed from one's sins and to be begin to be rescued from them and extracted from them is to turn in the direction which one should go. Um, and this has the, as the, as the Psalm unfolds, as the poetry unfolds, you see this, um, this sort of meditation unfold that it is that God who creates the world, who sustains the world and who master is master over the, the um, sort of the seeming chaos of the world and the, what seem to be the uncontrollable forces of the world, like the sea and all of its raging is contrasted with the sort of multitudes, the peoples, the nations, um, and is uh, meant, we're meant to see our, see a kind of parallelism there where, that the that God who is you know who holds easily in His hand and, and holds and has power over even the most uncontrollable thing you can imagine, also has controls over the affairs of humanity. And so, um, the reason why this is significant as a penitential um, sort of meditation is because um, you know it, we we start with that kind of cosmic view of God who kind of orders the even the nebula and the um, and the kind of forces of super gravity, right? And then he can even, but then he can, he's the only one who can tame what is parallel to that, which is the, um, the unbridled nature of the human heart. And this is the hope at the end of repentance that God can, by his indwelling spirit, right, by the, by the goodwill he has to order the interior life of the worshiper, can tame even that unbridled sort of ocean within us, that unbridled nebula and supernova within us. Um, is as much as he holds those things in the cosmos in his hands, so he can hold intact and hold together the integrity of our life if we remain turned toward him and remain in his orbit, so to speak. And that continues, of course, in Jeremiah, where the, the you know everybody in, in Jerusalem in the time of Jeremiah had taken the precisely um, wrong message from that psalm and from psalms like it, um, and seeing Jerusalem as a kind of totem that they could uh, hold um, in their back pocket while they did whatever they wanted. That the idea was that, well, God has his house here and he hasn't, he hasn't, he's not going to destroy his own house. So as long as we stay here in the temple city, huh, we've got it, we've got it mastered. We're going to be okay. We've got the, the, the holy place on earth. And, you know, God has chosen this place for himself. So if we stay here, 
we kind of can do what we want because we're under the cover of this sacred city that God himself has bound himself to. And God, through the prophet Jeremiah, says, you have gotten this exactly wrong. Um, it is precisely the opposite, that I will raise up um, a pagan nation to destroy my own city and destroy everybody within it um, because you have forsaken what this city's purpose was for, to be the meeting place of heaven and earth, to be a kind of Eden in a post-Edenic world, and to be the temple people that ushered people into communion with God in their repentant journeys as they were ordered towards that house of God and brought nearer to it. But you have forsaken this purpose that I gave you. And now, you know, it, you don't, you're not going to have the temple in your midst because what good has it been? And, and how have you actually become the people that this temple was supposed to be in the midst of? So Jerusalem, of course, is destroyed there. And then as we go into um, the Gospel of John, we have a similar kind of um, perplexity that's afflicting the, the disciples as they look at Jesus. They say, you know, uh, you know, we're going to Jerusalem. He says, we're going to Jerusalem, you know, and we're going to go visit Lazarus. And they're like, well, everyone wants to kill you there. And if you go near there, they're going to kill you. And missing the point that John's gospel has been carefully unpacking for us by all the signs of Jesus, that um, Jesus holds within his hand the ability of anybody to do anything to him at any time. And so he's not afraid to go near or far from Jerusalem, depending on his purpose. Um, his disciples have not caught on to that yet. And so they are still regarding Jerusalem as this center of sort of power um, that they need to be afraid of and they can't go near, not realizing that the one who makes Jerusalem what it is, is the one who is going to actually enter it again. He'll be rejected and, and, and they're going to actually kill him. He's going to let them kill him. But in a similar way, it's like when God allowed the Babylonians to go and destroy his temple back in the, you know, at the, at the before the captivity. Jesus is going to let them destroy the temple of his body, and then he's going to raise it up. And all of this will serve as a sign that that the power of God has come among men, that God himself has come among them, and that he is the superintendent of all of these things, that there's nothing chaotic happening around God. God is the one who orders the chaos, stills the waters, and draws life out of the lifeless. And he's going to go and demonstrate all of this, of course, by raising Lazarus in our next lessons. So... As we're proceeding through Lent here, it's it's good to remember that as we're entering the gritty kind of middle season of Lent, um, and are uncovering within ourselves through our through the disciplines, you know, the the real abyss of our of our um, brokenness. Um, I you know, it's it's a hopeful reminder to remember that on the one hand, um, that yeah, being in the hand of Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, is what holds the integrity of our life in Christ, in fact. And so not much has fundamentally changed since the time of the Psalms, except we now see in the face of Jesus the glory of the temple of Jerusalem of old, that is the glory of the new temple of the new Jerusalem that shall be. And so in looking to Jesus, you know, in the midst of all of this, we are praying with the worshiper of Psalm 65. We're saying, you know, forgive me and order me toward to see you face to face, that I might be drawn out of my shame and drawn out of this abyss and drawn to you where life is. Um, and on the other hand, we can't, you know, in the midst of Lent, begin to grow less and saying that, ah, you know, we're gonna have Easter anyway, and we're the church and we're, we're already in Christ. So, you know, we're already in, in, you know, sort of incorporated into Christ's body. So what does it matter, you know, like if we really keep the fast or not? Remembering that presumption does have a consequence and that we can um, turn our face away from the face of Jesus, where that healing glory is. 
and we don't and we want to you know not grow weary in doing good here as we We'll turn now to our uh, litany for prayer for the church and evangelism. And as we do, we uh, offer this litany in with uh, to the glory of God and with thanksgiving for this community here. Uh, we pray that God would bless the personal ministries of all who are joining us here tonight and the church communities that uh, they represent. Let us pray. O God, the Father, creator of heaven and earth, have mercy upon us. O God, the Son, redeemer of the world, have mercy upon us. O God, the Holy Spirit, sanctifier of the faithful, have mercy upon us. O holy, blessed, and glorious Trinity, one God, have mercy upon us. We sinners do beseech thee to hear us, O Lord God, and that it may please thee to rule and govern thy holy church universal in the right way. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to so to rule the hearts of thy servants, the President of the United States, and the Governor of this state, and all in authority, that they may, above all things, seek thy honor and glory. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to illuminate all bishops, priests, and deacons with true knowledge and understanding of thy word, and that both by their preaching and living they may set it forth and show it accordingly. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to send forth laborers into thy harvest. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to give to all thy people increase of grace to hear meekly thy word, and to receive it with pure affection, and to bring forth the fruits of the Spirit. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to comfort and relieve all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. Giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to give us true repentance, to forgive us all our sins, negligences, and ignorances, and to endue us with the grace of thy Holy Spirit to amend our lives according to thy holy word. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to have mercy on the faithful departed. granting them an entrance into the land of light and joy in the fellowship of thy saints. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. We sinners do beseech thee to hear us, O Lord God, and that it may please thee to fill us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the work of ministry and the building up of the body of Christ. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to give us power through the Holy Spirit to be thy witnesses in word and deed in our homes, work, and leisure. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to convert hearts to our ministry and add continually to our number those who are being saved. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to bless our ministry of word and sacrament, opening minds to understand the scriptures and making thyself known in the breaking of the bread. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. 
that it may please thee to make us ready always to give an answer to anyone who asks the reason for the hope that is within us. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to put it into our hearts to seek out and find thy lost sheep, and bring them back into thy fold. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to fill us with such love for one another, that all may perceive in our midst the presence of Christ, and be drawn into his holy fellowship and service. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. Almighty and everlasting God, who didst endue thy church with power from on high on the day of Pentecost, pour out thy Holy Spirit upon our parishes and communities, and grant unto us all things that are needful for our spiritual welfare. Enlighten and guide our clergy and lay workers, strengthen and increase the faithful, visit and relieve the sick, turn and soften the wicked, Rouse the negligent and careless, recover the fallen, restore the penitent, remove all hindrances to the advancement of thy truth, bring all to be of one heart and mind within the fold of thy holy church, to the honor and glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me tonight. It's a pleasure to be with you, and I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Thank you. Have a good evening. <laughs>